Greetings, Patriots, friends, sweet brethren of the Lord. Welcome to Voice in the Wilderness. I'm Don Noble of Pure Heart Ministries, and I welcome you today with exceedingly great joy. Today, I want to talk to you about sharpen your pruners. So let's pray. Father, I thank you that Jesus is the vine and you are the vine dresser. I thank you, Father, that your word says that we must abide in you to bear much fruit. And I thank you, Father, for this message. And I pray, Lord, that as these listeners hear this message, Lord, they will be convicted. They will be challenged to want to bear fruit for the kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. So sharpen your pruners. Gosh, it's that time of year. Beautiful pink and white blossoms cover the trees. My crab apples, one tree has pale pink blossoms, the other dark pink blossoms. They are so beautiful. The apple trees are white with pink inside the blossoms. It's not a good season, though, for people with hay fever. Pollen is falling from the trees and bushes. Spring is so delightful to me. After a hard, cold winter with gray skies and a barren landscape, Life seems to adorn everything growing in the ground. Now, I'm a busy gardener. It's hard work to have plants, trees, and shrubs looking healthy. It requires attention. I was busy pruning dead branches in my peach and apple trees this past weekend. Two weeks ago, I gave a hard pruning to my butterfly bushes and lavender plants. It's almost painful to cut back live plants I'm always wondering if the plant will die, but I'm never disappointed. They grow back much more lush than ever. People who are new to gardening often overlook this very important lesson. Things must be pruned. The dead branches need to be cut out. Even daylilies need to have a sharp spade shovel put to them to divide them. In fact, when you cut them in half, give the other half to a neighbor to plant and they grow back healthier. Jesus was speaking to his disciples in the Gospel of John, chapter 15. The importance of these scriptures was the context of this conversation. But prior to his discourse of being the true vine, he was preparing the disciples for his departure. In John, chapter 14, verses 15 and 16, Jesus tells his disciples that the Father is going to give them a helper, the Holy Spirit of truth, and then says, I will not leave you orphans. Then in verse 19, Jesus says, A little while longer, and the world will see me no more. You can imagine that the the disciples must have been feeling very anxious and confused. Like, what does he mean he's leaving? he's not going to be here in a little while. Jesus sensed and knew what they were thinking and that they would be fearful and wringing their hands. So in verses 26, 27, 28, Jesus reminds them that the helper, the Holy Spirit, will teach them all they need to know and will bring back to their remembrance all that Jesus taught them. He assures them that he is leaving 
his peace with them and tells them not to let their heart be troubled or to be afraid. He tells them he's going away, but that he is coming back. Now that is the context of the true vine teaching. One of Jesus' most important teachings to his disciples, and I believe one of the most important teachings to us today as believers. I'm going to read John, the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verses 1 through 8 in the New King James Version. So if you have your Bible, follow along with me. This is Jesus speaking. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. Verse 8. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Now, just as my pruning shears must be sharp to do the work in my garden. So must we allow the sharp pruning shears of God's word and life's experiences to prune every dead thing in us. Think about, think about the picture Jesus is painting. He is the true vine and his father is the vine dresser. Now the vine dresser is the one who maintains the vine, fertilizes it, waters it, prunes it, makes sure it's healthy, and sees to its health and production. The Father is responsible for keeping Jesus as the healthy, flourishing vine, the true vine. Sometimes we can get connected to the wrong vine the wrong individual who draws us away from God or God's purposes for our life. We don't always suspect that until as time passes, we suddenly may recognize this is not a good relationship. Sometimes we get connected to things that distract us from our prayer time distract us from worship, distract us from gathering with other believers, such as social media, 
Facebook, Instagram, you name it, sports, hobbies, etc. It's not that these things are bad. They're not. But they can take precious time away from us that we need to spend with him. Plain and simple, there are so many good things that we can be involved in. I mean, even in my own life, I can think of a number of things that I could get myself involved in. But I have to discipline myself and realize those things are going to take me away from time with Jesus. So it does take discipline and balance and awareness that we must prioritize our time with Jesus. You see, we have an enemy, and our enemy is very shrewd. He'll take a little inch, and before you know it, he's taken a mile. He knows what we enjoy, and he can easily con us into giving that time to something we enjoy. And before we know it, we're so caught up in this other thing that, gosh, we don't have time for Jesus. We just don't have time to read the Bible. We just don't have time to worship. In verse 2 of chapter 15, Jesus says this. He says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it, be, that it may bear more fruit. So that's the principle. If you're not bearing fruit, he's going to take that branch out, toss it out. But if you're bearing fruit, he's going to prune you. You can guarantee it. He says that that's what he's going to do. If you're bearing fruit for the kingdom, he will prune you. Why? So that you'll bear more fruit. That principle, it works in nature as much as it does in the spiritual realm. But when Jesus prunes us, it is certainly more painful than what we do in the natural. Yet, it is always for our good, and down the road, we will see that to be true. So he may need to prune a relationship that needs to go. Sometimes the pruning is a life circumstance that is difficult, but it helps us to get back on track and put our focus on Jesus. However, however the pruning takes place, issues in our heart that need addressed, whatever it is, you can be sure that there is an ultimate purpose. And that is to bear more fruit. Okay, so there is only one way we can bear fruit. Only one way. I hope you're listening closely. There's only one way to bear fruit for the kingdom. And that is to abide in him. That's what Jesus has said. If you have ever seen a branch that is broken, but it's still it's still hanging on onto the tree. But the leaves have withered. You can understand when Jesus says, a branch 
cannot bear fruit of itself. We are the branch. And looking at the fruit tree, if you look at a branch that's hanging on by just like a little tiny piece, but the leaves are withered, it's obvious that the branch, uh, if it had been in full contact with the main branch, it would be alive and producing fruit. Some of you are like the broken branch hanging on by a thread. Life's circumstances have become so hard, you wonder if you're going to survive. That's when you need a good pastor or a good friend that can help you get back into the arms of Jesus. When I lost my husband suddenly to suicide, I never believed I could survive. I never stopped this radio program. It was only the grace and mercy of God that I was able to continue. Seriously, for the first seven to eight months, I couldn't pray hardly at all. I was depressed, and I couldn't believe in a future hope. I was hanging on to Jesus only by a thread. My friend from Oregon was a lifesaver. She called me every day and pulled me out of the black hole that I would fall into. She believed in me when I could not believe in myself. That's a true friend indeed. I also had a couple that I discipled that believed in me. I don't know how I was able to disciple them except again by the goodness and mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ. What I can tell you, I tell you from one of life's hardest experiences. God is faithful. Jesus says in verse 5, For without me, you can do nothing. Believe that with all your heart, because it is the truth. So for me, it took much time, pressing forward, little by little, and it was little by little, to come to the place where I could worship him again and pray and intercede for the lost. And of course, many times, I fell backward. Jesus makes it abundantly clear that if we do not abide in him, we wither up. And those branches in us that are withered are thrown into the fire and burned. He desires to remove everything in us that is not useful for the kingdom. Then Jesus says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. That's an easy request. We spend time abiding in God's Word, the Bible, that brings hope and confidence and strength and peace and joy and life. Can you imagine that we don't have to pay for that? It's free to us as believers. The only cost is our time. For those seven to eight months, 
I could only read my Bible when I had to prepare a radio program. I had absolutely no desire to read my Bible, and I mean none. I had no desire to really pray. I had no desire to abide in in the Lord. I was extremely depressed, angry, um, questioning, um, not understanding, confused. I had so many emotions that um, it, it, it just was overwhelming to me. But I'm telling you the truth. Now I can't get enough of God's word. Now how does he do that? How does he supernaturally turn a person around? How does he heal a broken heart? I don't know. But if you ask him, he will. And I asked him every day. But it just takes pressing forward little by little. And having, as I said before, having a good friend or a good pastor or a good mentor, somebody that can walk you through the hardest, darkest hours. Perhaps the most important scripture of these eight verses is verse 8. Jesus says, By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. I want to take a moment to read these same scriptures out of the Passion Translation. And if you have never um, had an experience of reading anything out of the Passion Translation, I would highly encourage you to do that. Uh, Dr. Brian Simmons translated the scriptures from Greek and the Aramaic, Aramaic texts. And it is just, it's beautiful. It's profound. So I'm going to read the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verses 1 through 8, out of the Passion Translation. Jesus says, I am like a sprouting vine, and the farmer who tends the vine is my father. He cares for the branches connected to me by lifting and propping up the fruitless branches and pruning every fruitful branch to yield a greater harvest. The words I have spoken over you have already cleansed you. So enter into life union with me, for I have entered into life union with you. For as a branch severed from the vine, vine will not bear fruit, so your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined to mine. I am the sprouting vine, and you are my branches. As you live in union with me as your source, fruitfulness will stream from within you. But when you live separated from me, you are powerless. If you live separated from me, you will be discarded like shriveled up branches that are gathered up and thrown into the fire to be burned. But if you step into my life in union with me, and if my words live powerfully 
within you. Then you can ask whatever you desire and it will be done. When your lives bear abundant fruit, you demonstrate that you are my mature disciples who glorify my Father. I think, I believe that verse 8 says a lot to us as believers. Our goal, our mission as believers in Christ is to bear fruit. Never, never forget that. That's the goal. We are to bear fruit for the kingdom. As we continue to abide in Christ and in his word, then we will bear much fruit and more fruit. And that's how you need to see yourselves. I, I would encourage you, make a big sign and hang it in the bedroom or bathroom or kitchen or wherever that you spend some time that you would see it every day. Write in big, bold letters. You can write this. As a child of Christ, I will bear much fruit. Or... I'm a fruit bearer for the kingdom of God. Two important things will happen. The Father, your Father, will be glorified. And you will truly be a disciple of Christ. Ask yourself these questions. Am I bearing fruit for the kingdom? If you're not, ask yourself why. Are you too busy with life? Do you need to have a talk with the Holy Spirit about your attitudes, your thoughts, your actions that do not represent Christ? When the Holy Spirit speaks to you, address these issues that he brings up before you. Repentance is probably needed for sure. Evaluate your life. Evaluate your family. And evaluate your heart most of all. Remember, the scripture tells us in Acts that repentance brings times of refreshing. Whew, it takes the load off. It takes the weight off. It brings us back into union with Jesus, where we begin to have abundant life again. And you see, when we are back in union with him and that abundant life is, is happening and that flow from the vine to the branch from Jesus to us is flowing. When that sap is flowing, that tree is being nourished and fruit is going to abound. And that's our goal, to bear much fruit, to glorify our Father, because in bearing fruit, we glorify our Father and we present ourselves to Christ as mature disciples of his. Amen? Well, I want you to sit back and listen to a beautiful old song called The Heart of Worship by Matt Redman. When the music fades, all is stripped away And I simply come Longing just to bring 
something that's a word that will bless your heart. I'll bring you more than a song, for a song in itself is not what you have required. You search much deeper within, through the way things appear. You're looking into my heart.
You see, it's all about Jesus. Will you let him prune you so that you can bear much fruit? Well, this is Don Noble of Pure Heart Ministries. You can go to www.pureheart.today to listen to this podcast again. Thank you for your many, many prayers. And trust me, I covet those prayers. And I'm, I'm believing that you are praying for me and this ministry because we need it. And I'm asking you to please sow into this ministry. You can write me at Pure Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 85, Valley Grove, West Virginia, 26060. You can listen to me again tonight at 11 p.m. on WWVA 1170 a.m. I look forward to being with you next week for part two of Sharpen Your Pruners. Shalom, shalom. Peace be unto you.